I want to have you take your Bible and open to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And really what I want to do is, is follow up on the small picture that we just had here with the nicely couples dedicating their children. And, and this is what I want to follow up on because it, it really affects all of us. It really does. It's not just if you have a little tiny baby. It's because of what God has done, what God has brought about. God's purpose, God's design. This ought to be something that you, individual, you, each one of us as individuals ought to be very, very concerned about. God's purpose and God's design for me. Okay? For you. His will. What is His will? And His will, I, I mentioned it in our build-up of this child uh, dedication time, and that is that it be a, a home filled with love for the Lord. Not this, that. Filled with obedience to His Word. You say, oh, well, you lost me on that one, Swenson. No. We need to strive for that. We need to go after that obedience to His Word. And dependence on His Spirit. The Spirit's leading in our lives. We, that's, those are the things that we need. And the idea is that we, we find this in Deuteronomy 6. The Israelites have uh, just about entered the land. They spent their 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and now they're just about ready to enter the land. And what we find, it's what we find true today. They're called to keep walking in God's will. And it's interesting what we find here. The means of what they're to do is up to the father. Father, along with mother, father and mother, teach and train your children. Okay? So it comes down to fathers, if we could say, are fearing God. And mothers, fearing God with their loving support. And this effort by fathers and mothers really must be, we, we need to understand that this is initiated by God in salvation. It's initiated by God in His grace. Okay? And it's driven by God and His grace as you and I respond in trust, in obedience. Okay? The idea of Families is working together to train children in the ways of the Lord. And that's the parents' responsibility. And grandparents, we got a lot of grandparents, yeah, in supporting them, encouraging them in that way. Keep it going. And that's the concept in Deuteronomy 6. Here's the instructions, and then it says, and that it might be for your sons and your grandchildren also. And carry it on, perpetuate it. What are we perpetuating? Just a successful line of strong American people. No, what we're perpetuating is love for God. Love is the key. And that's what's behind this message, is faithful families built on a rock, it's got to be about love. And I want to demonstrate this to you here in this passage in Deuteronomy 6. It's all about love. Okay, now... Deuteronomy 6, let's look at verse 3 through 9. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. 
that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. We're, we're going into the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And keep going. Keep trusting God. Keep fearing God. Keep looking to Him. Okay? Now, our first point in your outline, if you want to follow along from your, in the bulletin that's in, or the outline that's in your bulletin, we start with verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Here, this is the basic confessional of faith for the Israelites. The Shema. And this is the, here, it's like also the call, a call to worship. Hear, O Israel. And the idea of here is not just like so many of us. So I, I'll, I'll put myself on the, on the line like I do so often. I, I'm hearing, but I'm not hearing. I listen, but I, I really don't get it. There's a lot of times I do that. All of us need to really think about that and say, am I really listening to what the Word says? Let's get it more practical. Am I really listening to my spouse? <laughs> Noreen will comment say, now are you really hearing me when I say this? Okay? Because sometimes I'm, I'm thinking of other things and she's talking. Uh, don't you do that? No, you better not. <laughs> right, and so learning to listen. Hear, O people of God! Okay, now what? Well, hear and live. That's the idea behind this. Hear and live. Apply it. Okay? So, hear and live. Hear and apply. Hear so that you do. Be doers of the Word. In James, right? Now, let's just look quickly at these two phrases in verse 4. The Lord is our God. This indicates the people's, what? Relationship with the living God. And what were they dealing with in this part of the, in part, in this part of history, in this part of the world? All these pagan nations with their pagan idolatries. And Moses is the spokesman here. Moses is saying, the Lord is our God. Okay? No other religion like this claiming relationship with the deity. Claiming relationship. That's the key there. So, here's, here's why God was moving Israel into the land. To show them His great power, also to kick out idolatry. Find it, destroy it. You know, that's an important part of your life and my life. Um, we have problems in our life uh, loving other things other than God. And we need to learn to kick down those idols and stomp them and crush them and get rid of them. Easy to say, isn't it? Harder to do. And you and I have plenty of idols. And we need to look around and say, I need to destroy that. I need to get rid of that. I need to separate myself from it. Be done with it. So that we say, the Lord is our God. Then letter B, the Lord is one. Or we could say, the Lord alone. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Okay? He's our God and He's the only one. 
Again, basic statement of faith. Repeat those things over in your mind. If you, if you have problems with your mind wandering, well, repeat verse 4 to yourself over and over again. Keep, keep repeating it. The Lord is, is my God. Relationship. The Lord is the only God. Okay? So, any other persuasion to worship was to be forsaken, destroyed, crushed out, right? So what we have here in Deuteronomy 6.4 is the basis, the foundation for building up strong, stable families because it's building on the person of God. That's what verse 4 is all about. Number, point number one then, founded, on, founded in the person of God. That's what we're saying. Your family needs to grow in these things. Be founded on the person of God. Okay? Building up strong, stable families. Building on the person of God. It follows right in line with what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Okay? Matthew 7. Let's turn there real quick. Matthew chapter 7. Starting at verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Right? That's the idea behind this. Build your family, build your life and your family on the rock. Okay? And it's also what we understand from the New Testament as we studied in 1 Timothy a while ago that for the church, it needs to be built on sound doctrine. The church must be built on sound doctrine and, and holding forth sound doctrine. Okay? So, that connects and relates to this very issue. Put sound doctrine into the mix of your family. That's the idea. Okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. That's the importance of chapter 6, verse 4. It's so simple, yet what? It's so profound. It's so deep. Number two, that love is featured in the design of God. Look at verse uh, 5, chapter 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Here's the, here's the issue that God knows how we were created. He's our creator. He knows what we're like. Right? And it, this is a command to love God because God knows. God knows. We, we get bursted into this life. We grow up and we start loving things. We start loving mommy and daddy. We see mommy holding us, you know, and, you know, taking care of us. All those things that a mommy does, that a daddy does. Love is being built up. He created us this way to love. You can see it wherever you go. <laughs> Weddings. You know, celebration. What's behind it? Love. Babies. Babies. Love. Yes. Life. Love. Right? I, even thinking of first friendships. First friendships. You know, I didn't want to come home. I wanted to play with my friend. This is great. He likes what I like. I like what he likes. It's great. We'd stay up. This is... Oh, never mind. <laughs> I get carried away. Sorry. But 
This is the way God made us. However, when it comes to loving God, we choose not to love God. We're, we're not loving God. We, we're not found loving God because we love ourselves more than we love God. You follow that? We choose to love ourselves in all sorts of ways. We choose idols of our own making. So when it comes to loving God, even when we try, we fail. You know what? That's why I said earlier, you need God's help to love God. You need God's help. I need God's help. We all need God's help to love God. It's not that you're so good and you figured it out. No, because we've got this nature. Brennan talked about it in Sunday school. It's the nature of of a young little child, little baby, just to be naturally sinful. That's what's in him. That's what's in you and me. That's why we need a Savior. Okay? So, you know, this is the idea. Number two is featured, that love is featured in the design of God. It's seen in letter A, in His creation, and letter B, it's also culminated at the cross. Where do you get that from this passage? Well, here's the... Here's the passage that we're dealing with. We're pointing to something far greater, and that's here comes the cross. And we look back on it say, there's the cross. That's the pivotal point. That's where I see that God loved me first. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates His love, His own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners... Listen to this. Stop right there with that. While we were yet unfaithful and unloving to Him. While we were seeking our own ways. While we were more concerned about me, myself, and I than about God. That's our problem. While we were more concerned about the pleasures of this life and the riches of this life and my kingdom or, or whatever. Right? we got a problem, folks. That's, that's what we're dealing with. That's why we need Jesus. Not just for salvation like long ago, but today. Today is the day of salvation. Today we walk with Him. We trust Him. We need Him today. Okay? And this is love. You know, when we seek these other things, when, we, when we're just kind of wandering and doing our own thing, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And really what we're doing, the Bible calls that spiritual adultery. That ought to shake us. That ought to cause concern. God looks and says, that's spiritual adultery when you take something else and love it more than me. So, let's finish the verse. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Simple. John 3.16 Simple. You want to say it with me? Say it out loud. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 Here's the greatest person. Maybe you've heard this before. You can break that verse down with your children, with your grandchildren. Break John 3.16 down. Say, who's the greatest person? It's not me. It's God. God's the greatest person. And He's given us the greatest motive, or He's shown the greatest motive. God so loved 
the world. Right? And here's the greatest need. Me. The world. You. The world. The world. That's the greatest need that we experience. We're in the greatest need. We need a Savior. And thus the greatest gift that He gave His only begotten Son. And here's the greatest response that whosoever but believes. It's so simple. But yet again, so profound. Believe. Put your belief in what Jesus did for you. Trust Him. And the greatest pardon, what is it? That you, you, you won't perish. There's, there's the greatest pardon ever. <laughs> but have everlasting life. What's that? Here's the greatest promise. The greatest promise. So, all this is designed out of love. Right? And a family can develop this in their lives, even with the little infants. Yes. Start singing the songs. I don't think they understand country western, though. <laughs> start singing them songs. Start reading to them early. The kids start picking it up. They start learning. Okay? So, back to Deuteronomy 6. Watch what happens next. Number three, this love is formed by the Word of God. Look at it's developed, if you will. It's developed through the, the Word of God being translated, uh, being given, being passed along. Look at chapter 6, verse 6 through 9. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. There it is. Target the heart. Remember, parents, especially those with younger children, the heart's the problem. Their heart, little Jane, little Brianna, it's their, their heart's the problem. And mom and dad get into the mix and mom and dad's heart's the problem. Now, you can, you can do it in earthly wisdom. You can bring up children in earthly wisdom. Great. You know, success stories abound, I'm sure. But you're still not doing it on the foundation of the rock. Jesus. Build your house, build your life on the rock. Right? So target the heart. With that in mind, remember the problem. Look at Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Turn there, please. Mark chapter 7. This is what Jesus says. It's from Jesus. He's saying this. In verse 21. Mark chapter 7, verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with. That's, here's the problem. Is that not just man, singularly, but man, corporately, men and women, have evil, wicked hearts. That's what God says. <laughs> Look, if, if God said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Then I need to be prepared and ready as a parent. I need to be ready in that way. Now, it, it's not saying that Jane and Brianna or anyone else, you know, little Wyatt or whoever else, is immediately into wickedness and evil. No, it's just you, you're going to invest in their lives to... Help them to hear the Word of God and then 
get them into this next point. Letter B, teach and train godly habits. We teach and train godly habits. That's the idea. As we go through Deuteronomy chapter 6, you keep going in it and you see that. So target the heart, teach and train godly habits, and mark down Ephesians 6, 4. Those that are, you know, you're, you're wanting to track in this way. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up. Start, stop right there. Bring them up. Okay? Not put them down. Why is it that you always do this? How come you're doing that? I'm putting them down. As a parent, there's times I did that to my own children. Putting them down. You're frustrated. You're agitated. You're angry. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Raise them up. In what? The training or discipline and instruction of the Lord. And most of you, you're familiar with this because this is what you aim to do and try to do and, you know, you're working at for your lives as, as you know, with your children at home. But train or discipline your children in these ways, knowing them at their level. Let's face it, some fathers are like drill sergeants to their children. And it's a bit uh, not right timing in that way. Maybe later as they get older, they need more of a snap to, come on. But it's understanding your child's heart. Fathers and mothers need to watch and learn about their children. You know, we'd all like to think that, you know, our children all have the same kind of, you know, ways and their behaviors. No. You see, your children are different. Learn what, learn what closes their heart and what opens their heart. What is it that opens your child's heart? What is it that closes your child's heart? And, and learn how to say, God, I want to be there on both counts. I want to be there with my child, helping them to understand this when their heart opens. Why did it open? Why are they so open and eager now? Why? Or why is it closed? I want to be there to help my child understand that. Why does their heart seem hard? What's behind that? Know that, moms and dads. Even grandmas and grandpas, be aware of that. And then leading them to build godly habits for godly choices. And listen, I said that. Godly habits for godly choices. That's a catchy little thing. But you know what? Still doesn't mean they're saved. A lot of times we usher our children into salvation, into the family of God, and they're not even saved. But they've learned all these things in the Bible. Aren't they saved? They might not be saved. Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. That's not just to children. That's to everybody. Examine yourselves. Always trusting God to bring life to their lives. Regeneration. Always trusting God for that. Okay? Keep the word before the family. And that's what Deuteronomy 6 verses 7 through 9 talk about. Share it. Talk about it. You know, it's like, oh, we don't do that if we're not at church. Why? Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it through the day. You know, 
At, at points in time, where you, you, it, here's an opening. I'm going to talk about what I learned at church today. At home. <laughs> on a Monday night. On a Wednesday night. Whatever. Talk about it. Share it. Post it. That's what he says in Deuteronomy 6. Post it. And we think post it on Facebook. No, he's saying post it on your walls. Post it on the door. Post it on the gates. As you come and go, you're talking about it. You're sharing it. And some people struggle with this. It's like they can't get enough of church. They can't get enough of, of preaching or whatever, teaching in the Word. And then you, you, you discover during their, their week, they're not connecting to the Word of God. They're just waiting for next Sunday to come. Gee, I need more. Well, that's the idea of walking with the Lord. And that's the idea behind Deuteronomy 6. And for your family, do it all the time. Walk, talk, live it. Okay? So that here we see love is formed or developed by the Word of God. You target the hearts of the children. You target your own heart. And then let her be, you teach and train godly habits. And let her see transformed by his truth. And what is that getting at? That you've reached, arrived some level of perfection? No. But here it is. To totally trust God. To totally trust God. And I referenced Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 15. And we're not going to take time to read that, but you can look at that on your own and, and see the flow of that. And what's being pushed forward is, don't forget what the Lord has done for you. And don't fear anyone else. Fear the Lord and Him alone. That's the idea of the passage in, in verses 10 through 15. Look, as we wrap it up here, I have not arrived just because my kids are grown and gone. I've not arrived in it. And because there's an emptiness thing, we still need to be an encouragement to our kids and praying for our kids, obviously. And when we're with them, wanting to be a good example of what it is to live for Christ, to see Christ alive in grandma and grandpa, or in mom and dad, or uncles and aunts, okay? You haven't arrived either. You can go through all the family conferences, all the whatever conferences that'll polish you up and make it look so good, but you haven't arrived either. We must all keep pressing on in this. And here it is. To fear God, we, we wrap it up with this. To love God is to fear God. And to fear God is to have an awe for who He is. And this is the problem. We don't know God that well, and so we don't stand in awe of Him. It's like, well, yeah, God's there, and God will listen, and God forgives my sins. But it's kind of cold and, and, and distant. The more we know God, the more we're going to stand in awe of Him and fear Him. There's a sense of wonder. Then there'll be a, a commitment to worship. And then there, it's a delight to know Him more. It's a delight. Do you think of it that way? Or is it more of a chore? Oh, i got to study the Bible. You know, ask God to knock that heart out and soften your heart and that you grow to love Him and delight in Him. That's what He wants. There is no one that matches God. No one. That's why He says, that's why we are to say, the Lord is our God. The Lord is the only God. Okay? 
fearing God then results in those things. There's a sense of wonder. There's a commitment to worship. There's a delight to know God and grow in Him. There's a submission to His will. And there's a love for God. So, we keep pressing on. We want to encourage parents. Keep pressing on in these ways. Keep trusting Him. Keep trusting His way. When we can't see, we keep trusting. I, I can't I can't see what's coming. Keep trusting Him. I was gone when we heard about Bill and Val. I have to admit, I did not respond well. I don't know who does. But this is a very example, my friend. This is a very example that we need to just keep trusting even though we can't see. Do you like it? Do I like it? No. It's hard. Now, we thank God for updates of, hey, it's, it's localized. They believe it can be, you know, surgically removed, etc., etc. But still, we face things in life that we don't like. We didn't ever want to sign up for them. But you keep trusting God, even though you can't see the layout of how it looks. I mean, I want it. I want to be in control. We all want to be in control, don't we? God says, trust me. Trust me. And he puts us in tests to see if we'll really trust him. So, keep walking by faith. That's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. Walk by faith, not by sight. And again, I know, it sounds too simplistic, but that's where we're at, folks. Walk by faith, not by sight. Now, you know, along with that, for in our, our wrap-up with this, it's, it's build strong families. That's what we want to encourage. You people that are single, and you might, um, you, you, you are figuring, hey, I want to look for a, a partner in life, in my spouse, my wife, or my husband. You know, great. Yeah, pray. Pray that God will bring that along, bring that person along. But build on the rock for your family's sake. Build on the rock. Not on your reputation. Not on your abilities. Not on your smarts. Build on the rock. The Word of God. And ask Him to lead you and guide you. And then, you know, as the family is fruitful and multiplies, you keep trusting God. Right? Let's stand. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that we've... I know we've preached on it in the past. It's about God's work in our lives. It's about you and I trusting Him. It's about encouraging the body, um, encouraging Leighton and Caitlin, Wade and Christina, and other couples that have little kids, um, and loving on them, loving on them here on a Sunday morning loving on them during the week, asking God to be glorified in all our efforts, in all that we do, the work of our hands, right? So, just bow your head, close your eyes, and listen to this passage, and then I'll pray and then we'll be dismissed. Psalm 78. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. 
which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Lord, we bow before You and we give thanks to You for giving us Your Word, Your perfect Word, Your authoritative Word. And I pray that by Your Spirit You would stimulate our hearts to action, not just to be hearing a message, but now, Lord, help me to put it into action. Help each one of us to put it into action that we would be doers of the Word. Lord, thank You that you have emphasized love, that love is such a key issue in building up a family. Dear Lord, help us to lean on you for that kind of love because it can't come from ourselves on our own. It's because of you. Thank you, Lord, for how great you are. Thank you that we can say, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And thank you for your work at Calvary, Lord Jesus, in dying on the cross in our place. Lord, may we treasure your word and grow to love you more and more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Let me just... um, as we dismiss, I want to mention there are plenty of resources, books on building up families. We want to help you get plugged into some of these things. So if you are interested in, in, in any of these books, a book by Howard Hendricks, he pulls no punches. Okay? Heaven Help the Home. The Dad Difference by Josh McDowell. Okay? And The Family, John MacArthur. Excellent books, resources that will help you. Okay?